Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the first 2021 episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Matt, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Jeff. <laughs> we're, we're turning a page on a very strange year, my friends, and uh, yeah. I hope everybody who's listening had a very happy, safe, healthy uh, holidays, whatever that meant for everybody, considering the strange circumstances in the world today, but uh, at least um, we can say 2020 is in the past. Absolutely. Goodbye. And uh, <laughs> good riddance. I don't know. Watch the news this morning. I kind of turned the news off over the long weekend, and wow, things are still happening. But uh, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. Shocking. And, and I want to. If you thought you joined the wrong podcast, I also want to listen. We're doing a crossover with the my Trauma Informed Lens podcast as well. We we thought it'd be fun to. Uh, do this. So also welcome to the Trauma Informed Lens Podcast. Uh, for the heart rate variability folks, it's sort of where we talk about research around uh, trauma. Um, and for the uh, Trauma Informed Lens folks, uh, heart rate variability is a way to measure the body's ability to handle or recover from stress, which if you've heard me talk about my passion for trauma, you can imagine why that's important to me. So we're, we're starting the year off, Jeff, with a, a combo super show here. There we go. So I'm a host and guest. The host and guest. Co-host and guest. I know I've crossed our first episode over. So listen, there we go. That's listeners true. will be familiar with you. But uh, uh, Hello, everyone. Uh, <laughs> that was 27 episodes from the ago. Trauma-Informed uh, Lens Podcast. So so Matt, you've been uh, recently um, researching and, and learning more about an organizational stress model yes. that we both agreed, I think, is, is going to be interesting for all the folks on both podcasts um, because it relates not only to HRV, but um, you know, trauma-informed care as well. So Absolutely. Um, you know, maybe we just get started by you kind of introducing the, the model to everybody and then we'll, we'll kind of jump in from there. Great, and I'm gonna share my screen. So if you're watching on Facebook, you've, or not Facebook, excuse me, but YouTube, uh, you've seen that. I will try, this will be uh, the picture we put on the show notes. Uh, so you can get it there as well. Maybe on your phone if it's big enough. I haven't tested it out yet, but um, you can also Google uh, job demand and resource model. And uh, one of the things that um, I've been doing for my work around the trauma-informed care uh, training that I do is I really wanted to take a new, fresh look at my leadership and self-care model. I'm in the process of doing a, oh, 20-plus hour online curriculum that I'm partnering with the Cincinnati Health Network uh, to get out into the world. Really excited about it. It's like, you know, I really wanted to, to sort of get into this. And, and when I was doing this, I, I really thought both for our folks um, in the HRV world and for the folks uh, that are thinking about uh, the trauma-informed care, trauma-informed leadership and self-care, just a perfect fit to bring these uh, two things together. And 
really what, what I was looking for is, you know, where has the research gone since I've really last divin, dove in the leadership model? And in the popular leadership culture, it's interesting. And, and I would love the listeners to reach out to me uh, when you hear me say this next word is, I, there hasn't been like the transformative leadership books lately. Um, you know, I, I was sort of in my master's of business administration program when Jim Collins was coming out with his work, Gallup was coming out. And so I really wanted to refresh this and didn't find a lot, which forced me then to dive deeper. And part of that dive got me to this job demand and resource model. Uh, which I really fell in love with pretty quickly because it, it, I always love easy structures to think about complex things. Uh, one of the reasons I love heart rate variability is, you know, as we say, for less than a dollar a day, you can measure, you know, post-traumatic growth, you can measure burnout, you can measure organizational staff wellness, uh, you know, and it simplifies a lot of complexity without me having to go into the ventral vagal nerve, which, both audiences know I have no problem going into. <laughs> and so, so Jeff, this is uh, a model that really has, and I'll try to verbally walk through this for folks who are just listening as well. But there's, in the model, and of course, I just can't let good enough be. So I've, I've done a little tweaking of this model um, because, you know, I had to really think about this from the, okay, I, I work, my main audience for my trauma work is healthcare providers, where as we mentioned, nurses or physicians, nurses, one or two on the burnout, uh, social workers, social services. I just got off a Zoom call with uh, teachers and principals. So that's one, two, three, four, five, throw lawyers and police and you round out the top seven. So, so I have to kind of think about this as hey, we've got the, a tremendous amount of stress. And I think COVID for a lot of us makes a lot of jobs uh, very stressful, if not even traumatizing with everything going on in the world. So, so the, the model, I added the self-care piece here if you're following us on, on, on YouTube. So I'll start out just where the, the model starts and that's with job demands and job resources. And I love the simplicity of this. So. Job demands are what is required from you to basically be successful at your job. And I like this model, and this is really well researched out. It's sort of, the, I would say, the gold standard for burnout at an organizational perspective. You know, you gotta get a little bit into peer review journals to get it, you know, it's not sexy but it's it's really well researched. Uh, I'll try to make it as sexy as I can for you, Jeff. You might have to bring the sexy uh, along for this episode, though. Uh, you you and that island background. You I, guys I, you know, we had to switch to uh, beach. To, uh, I, I know, I know. So, so job demands are really what is required from us to do our work. And there, there are obviously stressful things about the demands of our work. And this is pretty... Simplistic, right? So we think about this, this is the deadlines, uh, you know, you, you've got your quotas, you know, you know you've, you've got the paperwork you got to fill out, you know, you've got all- Customers those, you got to keep happy. Customers Absolutely. you got to keep happy, 
you know, how do you keep the doors open during COVID if you're a small business mm -hmm. owner or a large, you know, it's not just small businesses anymore that are going bankrupt. Uh, there, there's some uh, big or things that we'll never see again. So, you know, you've got all the economic demands, uh, all those pieces um, with it. Now, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of us are feeling right now, and I think this is good language for us all to think about is, in the helping and healing world, we, we talk a lot about something called empathetic intensity. And that's the recognition of there's an emotional demand for the work that we do. Um, and this is listening to people's pain, suffering, whether it's a medical condition, a mental health uh, trauma, high levels of stress, whatever that might be. And I think a lot of us who haven't necessarily maybe spent a lot of time thinking about the emotional cost of the work um, are, are now. Um, I was just, uh, we, we share an accountant uh, for, for the business and my other business as well. And I was just kind of going back and forth for in her an email. I, I love her. She does a great job for us. And I was like, hey, how are you seeing this? And she's like, you know, we're, we're helping so many people shut their dreams down right now. You know, and so even things like accountants who, you yeah, know, how hard is that, right? I mean, that's, yeah, you're getting paid to, you know, that's that's tough. Shut somebody's dream down, you know, and and accounts you would almost think about the least emotionally intense work, and right now, you know, they're, they're being hit by this whole different level of demands. So now, where we counterdict this is job resources. So what it does in the core model, again, you, if, you're, if you're looking at this, you can take the self-care out of the research-based piece of this, that's the mad addition, is from the, the self-care perspective or the leadership management perspective, the question this model proposes is, does the job offer enough to of support of time off of you know management help uh, technology so on and so forth to counteract the stress inherent to the job demands so if you think about this jeff you think about it is if job demands are greater than the job resources that's where we see burnout happening. If the job resources are greater than the job demands, that's where we see in the model organizational engagement happening. Engagement being I'm, I'm connected to the work, I care about the work, I'm, I'm dedicated to getting good outcomes, I'm here to give everything I got that sort of thing. So, so I would love to get your thoughts just, you know, because I know our business uh, life and experiences is quite diverse uh, between the two of us, is when, when, when we talk about this simple equation that, that, again, has a lot of great research to back it up is job demands greater than job resources, burnout. Job resources greater than job demands, engagement. So let, let, I'd love to just get your thoughts on that before before I move anywhere else in the model. Yeah, but I, I think it, it completely and totally makes sense. Um, you know, I think it's pretty pretty intuitive. I think the interesting thing is how do you define resources? Um, yeah. Because I've been at places that are very small 
um, you know, we're there right now in, with, with Optimal yeah. right now. I mean, you know, there's, there's four or five of us, right? And so um, we, we don't have, you know, in some of these small organizations I've worked with, we don't have a lot of resources. Um, but the, the resources that we do have, when, and when you, I guess I shouldn't say we don't have a lot of resources, we don't have, um, you know, the, the stereotypical corporate resources of, you know, this, per, the or table, this uh, thing, the or, yeah, yeah, the free masseuse or the, you know, whatever it is, you know, the access to different types of services or resources or, um, you know, those kinds of things. And so um, none of those necessarily, but the resources that we did have are each other. And we did have a common goal and we did have, do have common motivation to, you know, see that goal through. And so, you know, when you define resources, I think it's important to note that my assumption here is all of that is included. You know, it doesn't have to be a thing. It doesn't have to be a perk in your, your, your compensation or your bonus structure or your, you know, paid time off or whatever it is, or, you know, having access to whatever it's, it's all of that. And so it's, it's interesting because being a small organizations where there's very few quote unquote resources, but a lot of togetherness and, and, and team and that kind of stuff versus being in some very large organizations that acquired these small organizations that do have a lot of those resources that are more tangible. Um, you know, it's, it's just very interesting to sort of see the, the level of engagement of both and what I found for me personally, is the smaller organizations where it's it's more of a, a team-focused kind of resource approach. It's always worked a lot better, and there's a lot more engagement than here. Let me just throw this thing at you, yes, and hope that you don't get burned out, even though we still have huge demands um, that we expect out of you. And so, yeah. I don't know if that's helpful or not. But as you were going through it, that's really all I was thinking about. Is resources is an interesting word because in my mind, when I saw it, I was like, well. I've been in places that don't really have any resources and the level of engagement was through the roof. But then if you sort of think through the, the term and expand it to what it really is, which is support, um, there was that, and there is that in space when you work for, for smaller organizations sometimes. Yeah, and, and that you really speak to something really important because, you know, there, there's some, you know, that there's in, in the business literature, things that I've seen that have really, stuck out that that you know and, and if you're looking at the graphic itself that there there's an interesting arrows pointing in a couple different directions so one of the things with job resources is we want to and let me just talk about this from a leadership perspective here for a second we want to think from a leadership perspective how do we mitigate the amount of stress inherent to the work not stop the stress because the stress is inherent to the, the job that you do, but how do we build supports around this? So part of that is the support you get from, from leadership, right? You know, that, that you've got a, you know, I don't know, open door policy or whatever the heck you want to call it, a supportive supervisor, um, that, that you've got things like paid time off, that you're, you've got a livable wage, you know, there, there's, some, there's some real concrete, you know, one of the things I had to think about a lot when I started to think about this is some of it's just having worker-friendly human resource policy, right? You know, ha having some of the basic needs met. And, and you know, I, I work in a field where earning a livable wage doesn't always happen, you know, because of the lack of resources 
there. So on one hand, the job resources we can think about this is, are we able to mitigate as much as possible the stress that we are putting on our workforce? And I think that that's just a really nice tangible exercise to look at this. But, but then there's the other line coming down too. And this kind of brings us to that, that second equation is, yeah, if the stress overwhelms the amount of resources, we're in trouble. Now I'm going to go throw self-care in there, but I'm going to save that a little bit. So, so th there'll be other factors in here. I'm going to confuse this simple, beautiful model a little bit. Um, but the other thing with the job resources is there's things, and I'll, I'll just use an example of one, like a shared vision, right? So, so a shared vision sort of borrowing, you know, kind of, I love Jim Collins' concept. Basically, I could just stop as I love Jim Collins, but uh, <laughs> uh, his concept of the big, hairy, audacious goal. Like, I just, I love that, the BHAG. And what, what he says is great organizations have this, you know, I always like to say it's, it's kind of like a, a professional football team saying, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Well, you know, how often does the typical team win the Super Bowl? The, the answer is, unless you're the freaking Patriots, not very <laughs> often, right? Like, as a Colts fan, we, you know. You're lucky to get one a decade or one every 20 years. No, no, we get one. You just stop at one. You don't have to really put the decade in there. <laughs> Phelps Rivers is now leading us to the promised land. Uh, yeah, anyway, don't get me started. So, so the, the, the and you guys had Peyton Manning, so you uh, you are better both than most. But and anyway, then we shared so. it with the Broncos, and yeah, you know. Anyway, we digress. So, so John, like something like a shared vision is not is actually maybe going to add a little bit to your job demands because what 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 a BHAG requires is all us to really work at our best. So it's not just showing up and meeting your job description. And I always I have my always caution of the term above and beyond because sometimes that gets translated into working an extra 10 hours and then your staff's all burned out and right. you, you've misjudged this equation. So, so this okay. is the fine dance of leadership, but like shared values is another thing. I always like to think about shared vision is our Super Bowl. Shared values tell us how we act, uh, how we make decisions. You know, what really, what won't we act against and to stay stay ethical. So, so on one hand, there's the area of the job resources that stay, say, hey, I'm going to try to mitigate stress. Then there's the strategies like the, the shared vision. Uh, other things like I would say building trust, uh, psychological safety all come out in the resource, creating a, a healthy, functional, you know, psychologically healthy work environment. Um, all those things also lead to engagement. So, so we're looking at the job resources as both how do we mitigate stress and then how do we do things that really promote engagement, which if you follow the model out, then leads to uh, increased motivation, positive outcomes. The other thing that the job demand piece does, because that job demand area goes down there too. And one of the things that really from a leadership perspective kind of stuck out to me is, uh, the research around like organizational and job fit is, you know, do, do you have somebody in a position where they can succeed with their current, you know, kind of talent and skill set? I always like to say I, I can train for skills, so I, I can build that up over time. But but things like organizational fit can also be really crucial for job demands to promote engagement 
as well. So, so it gets a little complex and you can kind of go into a rabbit hole um, of these. I mean, they're only four arrows, but they can kind of really deviate into this. But, but I really think if we look at this very simply for this episode, and then I like to expand it on others is job demand. So the stress inherent to the work. And for those of you for the trauma-informed lens podcast, and if it, if it works for you with the heart rate variability listeners as well, understanding the psychological costs that that might have. Does your job give you enough in return uh, to keep yourself out of burnout? And we talked about, you know, I like to do a four-stage model of burnout. So the first stage being exhaustion, right? So, so uh, do we have enough to keep ourselves out of that exhausted state. As it goes forward, we feel shame and guilt because we're not giving our best selves. That can lead to cynicism and callousness and actually uh, mental health and physical health crisis is well-documented in the research. Uh, so, so again, if we just think about that first stage of exhaustion, which I think most of us kind of dance in and out of that from time to time. I know in the helping and healing professions, I just flat out say it, Jeff. I'm like, if you're dancing in and out of exhaustion, you know, and that's sort of what your job looks like, you're you're doing a good job. And yeah, I just think we have to. You're, you're in and out. You're not always there. Or worse. Yeah, you're not always there. And we've got number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, we were a mess. If you're less of a mess and only exhausted a third of the time, you're probably doing pretty well. And I just think to acknowledge that is is okay. And, and if you're exhausted, you want to get out of there, which will bring in the self-care piece of this. Um, but, but I think it's a really interesting thing now to bring in heart rate variability from the organizational side of this is how well are you doing on, again, I think measuring engagement is a little bit more difficult. I, I'm not... I could maybe make an argument that HRV measures engagement, but let's say it measures the potential for engagement to occur because there needs to be a lot about the environment that also yeah. like, again, shared vision, goals, expectations. There, there's a lot of other things that go in there. But what, what I think about is if you look, if you're looking at the, the picture with us is job demand arrow to burnout and well, how well are job resources doing to mitigate that stress. So if you think about this from heart rate variability, again, as a measure of how well our body is handling or recovering from stress, what we should do, and this oversimplifies it just a tad, but if we take the average person, so I'll just use Jeff as an example, if Jeff's HRV is around his population norm, so, so for his age, his, his gender, if he's in that ballpark area, you could assume that his job is not putting on him a level of stress that he cannot handle. So, so there we have using HRV to really look at how for Jeff specifically, how well the job resources are mitigating the stress from the job demands. And again, if we get a seven day average, we got a little better data, 30 day right. average. Now Jeff's got his own baseline. So his changes in demand, Jeff, because he always does gets promoted, uh, you know, so there's change of demands. How's that impacting his ability to stay out of uh, burnout? So, 
So, and then from a leadership perspective, here's where I think the, the real exciting thing about heart rate variability comes in is let's look at a group score because knowing Jeff, but even if Jeff and Matt are working the same job with the same demands and resources, what might work for Jeff might not work for Matt and vice versa. So where you get, I think, some really great feedback from a leadership perspective is, okay, and our app does this for you very simply is, here's the uh, population norm for, let's say you have a team of 20 people, right? So here's the population norm for all the averages of that people. So this is where your group should be operating how well are they doing according to that population norm? And if they're substantially below, what that tells you, you've probably got a lot of people in burnout. Now, that in and of itself is a nice piece of information, but then you go back in this model and you can start asking the question, how, how since I've got, I got some data now to show a higher level of burnout than I'm comfortable in, because if you follow this out, declining mental, cognitive, social, emotional health leads to worse outcomes for businesses is how do I better balance the resources to do a better job of helping my workforce handle stress? Because of what that group tells you, Jeff, I believe is that there's systematic issues inherent. Now, let's say 19 out of 20 people are doing great, but Matt is just a train wreck. Well, that might be where some self-care discussions come in, but just think about a leader getting that level of information. Now, I see that what we're doing is working. I just need to really, instead of redoing everybody's job descriptions, I just really need to think about it from a Matt-centric point of view to maybe, and this is where I want to get into the, the save this to the next episodes, is maybe talk to Matt about his self-care. But it gives me that knowledge to really fine-tune. Maybe Matt just needs maybe just a little extra supervision. Hey, maybe Matt's going through something in his personal life that would not, not naturally be brought up. Not that it's my job to be Matt's therapist as a supervisor, but maybe I can refer Matt to some support we have through insurance or an employee assistant program or something like that. So all of a sudden, what this does with all this great research uh, behind this. And if it wasn't ebook form, I'd hold up the big book I'm going through uh, uh, that's centered around this model is, boy, now heart rate variability comes in and quantifies this sucker, right? Heart rate variability says how, you know, is your team, is your organization in the burnout arena, right? Because that's what that group data versus population norm can start to show us. We want to ask more questions, but the data gives us something really concrete to really work off of. And I think that's the exciting addition to HRV, really gives us a way to say, from a leadership perspective, are the job resources really helping us to mitigate the stress of the job demands? And just to get that, to get that data for that part of the equation, boy, I think, that's uh, that, that's a game changer as far as I've seen in the research and really kind of excited to start to reach out to some folks to, to see. I, I don't think anybody that I've seen has kind of thought about bringing this into the model, but I just think that there's some really cool stuff here, uh, potential uh, moving ahead. Absolutely. I mean, if, 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 you're, if you're studying this and you're trying to put this into practice, why wouldn't you want to have a way to quantify the impact? and to be able to make better decisions based on data as opposed to intuition, especially when you don't have a lot of background in it. 
uh, you know, and, and getting back to our conversation earlier, you, know, you talk about self-care being part of this, but the job resources as well as a, as a leader, as a manager, as a supervisor, whatever you are, um, you know, the resources that you provide to your employees are going to have a variety of impact depending upon who they are, their personality, you know, what matters to them. So, you know, being able to understand the effect of saying, hey, the set of resources is impacting four or five employees the same way, but this other person doesn't seem to be working. Let's look at other ways to, to provide them with support they need to keep them engaged and, and not, you know, stay in a, a pattern of burnout. So, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, you can approach, approach that from, from various sides and they sort of blend together, you know, self-care, the resources provided, especially when you're working as a team, um, it all sort of comes together. So, yeah, absolutely. And I want to, I want to hold the, the self-care piece, I think is what in some ways, because this is an organizational leadership model has, has not, I haven't seen a whole lot of that explored because I think what we miss in the, the business world and I'll get nerdy. I think this goes back to Frederick Taylor, actually, who just all saw us all as part of cogs in a machine that, you know, are easily replaceable. And I think that mentality still you know, is is alive and well in many aspects and corners of the business world, you, you know, is that you just kind of, we don't focus on what the person walks into the day with. What, what sort of level of wellness does that person, because what's really hard here, if you don't have something like heart rate variability, one is, let's say we don't have it. I'm going to realize that Matt is struggling according to this model, the, the end negative outcomes, you know, now I see Matt's performance dropping, which is probably delayed by weeks, if not months, based on how you collect data. Um, yeah. And maybe if Matt, ever. I'm going to use some Jeff language here. Maybe I close a big sale so my numbers look better, which allows me to kind of skirt a little bit more longer. I don't know. What <laughs> but, but, you know, now, Sometimes now, you get lucky. Currently, all I got is the negative outcomes uh, to finally identify Matt. Well, what if we could give you data as a leader, but also as a worker to say something's not going right or something's changed, right? Something's changed in the environment. So my team is trending or Matt is trending in a negative direction. I want to get you maybe in the exhaustion phase of burnout so we can strategize how to get you back into health, wellness, engagement and we don't have to suffer as the group, the organization, the customers, clients, patients we're serving. We, we don't, that negative outcome never happens. We, we catch it proactively, um, implement, you know, recovery, things reactive, things give leadership support. Again, I want to hold off a little bit on some of the nuggets I've come up with too until the, for the, for the second episode here that we'll do next week. But I really just think that this gives you HRV if you think about that job demand to burnout. If we can measure that with heart rate variability, uh, man, we can just stop a lot of burnout for progressing to levels that end up in HR disciplinary action or somebody getting laid off or, or customers, clients, patients getting misdiagnosed by their physician or or, sure. you know, a teacher not being able to run a decent classroom or whatever it might uh, sure. be. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just got really excited about this when, hey, if we can quantify that burnout stage and really quantify the wellness, the engagement, 
you know, now all of a sudden we're bringing a whole different level to this model. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I look forward to, um, you know, talking to some more of our, our clients about it as well, because I yeah. think, you know, when you look at the helping world and some of the organizations we work with, um, you know, a lot of these topics are things people talk about and think about, but not on a day-to-day -day basis necessarily. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from a organizational output perspective, you know, the work you're doing for your clients, for your patients, for your customers, whatever it might be, it, it all really depends on staying um, engaged, your, your people staying engaged. And that's how you meet, you know, your everyday mission. Um, yeah. So, you know, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk more to some of the folks that we've been working with and, and maybe play a piece and, and helping them, um, you know, kind of put this into practice. Yep, absolutely. So, so in our next week's episode, what I want to talk about is some of the, the, the specific research. I, I won't take too long with it because I go off on a podcast on just shared expectations, which probably nobody wants to hear. But, but we'll, I'll, I'll bring in a little bit of research on specific job demands and job resources uh, that both, uh, again, helps mitigate the stress while promoting engagement. I also want to really look at the role of self-care too, because again, I think the Taylorism in the business world, uh, we, we call it behavioralism in the, the world of psychology. Uh, what we fail to recognize is, you know, if you look at an employee as a cog in a machine, you know, if their home life is a wreck, if they're struggling with alcoholism, uh, mental illness, those sort of things, uh, you know, and they're walking in with a level of wellness that's well below optimal, you know, you're, you're all this is fighting a losing battle at that point. So, so both is how do we support the self care of our staff? And then from an individual perspective as well is how do we look at what I, what I love to call proactive and reactive self care strategies to best support this model. So part of this is how our jobs set up. I think if anybody listening to this has ever been a part of a dysfunctional work team, you know it's nearly impossible to stay healthy in the long term. Uh, you know, you, we, we, we call these parallel processes and systems theory is you're going to mirror the emotional state of the folks you work around, As, especially, you know, back when we used to go in person with folks, especially if you're exposed to their emotions on a regular basis. But I think a lot of us are seeing those emotions are also contagious over Zoom um, as well. Email, so, chat, Slack. I mean, you know, uh, oh, you yeah. pick all that stuff up, you know? Exactly. Because I can be really nice with you in person. I go on email and it gets all crazy. So, <laughs> too many caps. Too many yes, caps. Too many caps, right. Or explanation marks for me. But uh, yeah, usually those are positive. Uh, so, That's right. Exactly. So, so, so we, I want to look at the next episode again. Some really specifics uh, for leaders out there about job demands, job resources. What are we really talking about from a concrete perspective? And then from the self-care perspective, how do we bring this in? So, so we bring, again, cog in the machine, really we're an organic human. Uh, how do we bring our best uh, psychological, social, cognitive self to work, all which HRV helps us measure each and every day. So we don't artificially fall into burnout because we're not taking care of ourselves in other aspects of our life. So, so again, I think we've just scratched the surface, but hopefully for these initial boxes where I think a lot of the really good insight and structural thinking happened, hopefully we just gave you a good introduction to this where we can explore further in the, the week or weeks to come. I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Um, 
then, you know, uh, as usual for folks watching the podcast, if this, uh, I guess on either side, the, the joint podcast, um, you know, if, if this triggers any ideas, um, you know, any, any partnership opportunities, anything that, uh, you know, you want to reach out and talk about, please do, um, you know, sales at Optimal HRV or support at Optimal HRV. Um, we've got a lot of, of interesting folks that have reached out to us and, and um, you know, we want to continue to, uh, to let people know that, that, you know, we're here to help and um, reach out if you think we can. Yep. And uh, if you're looking for the picture, if you're listening to us in the car, uh, uh, optimalhrv.com or the Trauma-Informed Lens uh, podcast.org. Uh, uh, or traumainformlens.org. Uh, don't have the podcast in there. Uh, uh, either of those will get you the show notes. Uh, so I will uh, definitely uh, throw a picture up here so you can follow along with us um, as well. So uh, Jeff, I'm excited to explore this further with you. And uh, hey, happy uh, 2021, everybody. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in more information about HRV, please visit us at OptimalHRV.com. Also, if you visit OptimalHRV.com, you'll be able to sign up for our email list and download our free ebook, Healing with HRV. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next episode.